Hendricks Regional Health, your health care partner that has been nationally recognized for creating outstanding patient experiences, is proud to present Health Talks with HRH. Here's Melanie Cole. Sleep apnea and other sleep disorders can have serious consequences if not treated. Not getting proper sleep can negatively impact your health in so many ways. My guest today is Matt Rees. He's the supervisor of the Sleep Disorders Center with Hendricks Regional Health. Welcome to the show, Matt. So first tell the listeners, what is sleep apnea? Yeah, so the most common type of sleep apnea is called obstructive sleep apnea. And it's actually caused by an obstruction in the back of the throat uh, during the night while you sleep. And that obstruction typically is the tongue, the tonsils, the uvula, that little punching bag in the back of your throat. Those will all kind of fold together or can and completely obstruct the airway and cause a lot of loud snoring, gasping for breath. And what this does to your sleep, though, is while you're fighting for breath and you don't know it because you're asleep, um, it constantly interrupts the sleep cycle and keeps you from getting into the deeper stages of sleep where the body shuts down and gets the good rest. Um, instead, you kind of ping back, ping pong back and forth in the lighter stages of sleep, and uh, it just doesn't make for a good night's sleep. So would you know if you had sleep apnea, or is it usually a loved one or somebody who shoves you into a doctor yeah. or a sleep disorder center because they say, I'm sick of this, and you're snoring? Tell us some symptoms of it. Yeah, exactly. It's usually your spouse can tell you because um, there can be a lot of tossing and turning, a lot of loud snoring. Snoring is usually the, the big first cue. Now, some people can sleep through terrible sleep apnea all night long and not even know what's going on, and that's where a, a spouse comes in handy. But some people actually uh, physically wake up gasping for breath, and so they, they can tell that there's something's going on at night that's not quite right. Now, as far as how it impacts you during the day, difficulty concentrating, increased irritability, um, you know, all those symptoms of just being groggy and tired. Some people get so tired that they'll fall asleep while they're driving. That's where sleep apnea gets really dangerous. Um, we have people that have apnea so bad they can fall asleep during a conversation. So that, that's kind of what you start to look for as far as uh, daytime symptoms. No kidding. And those are those are pretty much good red flags, Matt, for people. Yeah, absolutely. Now, we hear a lot in the media about various mm. treatments for sleep apnea. And now, first, actually, go back. Are there some risk factors? Is there something? Is it genetic? Is it mainly people that are overweight or eat late? Are there some things that, that contribute to it? Yeah, typically, uh, with obstructive sleep apnea, weight is to blame. And it's doesn't have to be a lot of weight either. It can just be uh, 15, 20 pounds overweight. And by the time we get to middle age, a lot of us have, have uh, packed on that much extra weight. So it, it's a big problem in, in my age group. I'm in my 40s. So anyway, um, not only do we gain weight around our middle, but we gain it around our face too, and that can make the airway smaller. So weight loss is typically the blame. Now, some people can have anatomical features that just make them prone to sleep apnea, a big jaw and tongue, uh, a skinny neck. Those combined uh, can cause problems in large tonsils. Typically, those folks, though, they have had sleep problems their whole life. When it's weight-related, generally people can remember a time where I didn't snore, I slept pretty good, and now things have changed. Well, let's, let's look at the weight change and, and see if that's the reason. So now we're looking to diagnosis, and people hear about sleep, sleep studies and sleep disorder centers where they're supposed to go. Can you go to a sleep study and get a decent enough sleep that you guys can see whether or not 
we're getting a good night's sleep? I mean, can people sleep in sleep studies? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, we bring you to a, a strange place in a hospital, have you sleep in a strange room, put a bunch of wires on you, and then we say, sleep like you do at home. Uh, it sounds impossible, but uh, people do sleep pretty pretty well. It's, it's rare that we have somebody who doesn't sleep at all during the night. Um, we try to get seven, eight hours of sleep, but uh, generally if, if we can get over the four-hour hump, we've got enough data to at least get a diagnosis going. So, yeah, people do come here. They, they sleep pretty well. Here, here at Hendrix and, and a lot of other sleep centers, though, we, it's, we try to make it more like a hotel room. You're not going into a hospital room. You're not going into a hospital bed. We have nice uh, select comfort queen-size beds. You can make adjust it whatever you want, and it's like spending the night in a hotel. So then once you've diagnosed somebody with sleep apnea, and again, we hear through the media about CPAPs and about some of the treatments for sleep apnea. So Matt, if you would speak about those treatments and the adherence to those treatments, which would make it an effective treatment. Yeah, so nasal CPAP is the most common treatment for sleep apnea, and CPAP stands for Continuous Positive Airway Pressure. It's just this this little machine that sits on the nightstand, and it's hooked to a mask that you wear over your nose, and what that machine is doing is blowing positive pressure through uh, through your nose to the back of your throat, and that pressure splints the airway. It keeps the airway open, keeps the tongue where it should be, and the tonsils, the uvula, all that separated. And then you breathe normally, sleep normally. So that's the number one go-to treatment. It's non-invasive. It works for most people. And it'll quickly get you sleeping better and feeling better, which is the goal we want. Now, once people get feeling better, uh, here's here's the problem with sleep apnea. When you're tired all the time, it's very difficult to uh, look at the weight end of things. But if we can get you feeling better with CPAP and then you want to direct that that new energy towards losing weight, then potentially somebody can come off the CPAP. Um, Another common treatment, uh, it's kind of become a nice backup now and it's getting more and more uh, use, is an oral appliance device. Now, these aren't for everybody. Uh, Generally, they do very well with mild to moderate sleep apnea, and these are made by a dentist, and not just any dentist, a dentist who's been schooled in sleep medicine. And what they do is they'll take impressions of your mouth, and then they'll make what kind of looks like a mouth guard that you wear at night. And what it does is it juts the jaw forward just a few millimeters. And and for some uh, types of apnea, that's enough to uh, open up the airway and solve the problem. So, So that's good for folks who can't tolerate CPAP or people who have mild sleep apnea and they want to feel better, but they don't want to have to wear CPAP. And that's kind of a a backup plan. Used to be surgery was a uh, recommendation and um, they'd go in and they'd take out the tonsils, the uvula. We kind of called it ice cream scooping the back of the throat. They'd use a laser to create scar tissue back there to kind of tighten things up. But it's a lot of surgery to go through, and um, it only had a 50% success rate. So over the years, that recommendation's kind of tapered off. Now, sometimes an ear, nose, and throat specialist can look back there and say, oh, yeah, we can can find some room here. And, And so it might be appropriate for some people. Is there medicational intervention? Because people take sleep medicine all over the country now by the millions. And do these kinds of medications to help you get a good night's sleep, do they interfere or do they affect sleep apnea or sleep disorders? They can. Um, it's just speaking about sleep apnea, 
um, if you're taking a medication to help help you sleep and it's knocking you out, then it can mask the problem for you. It won't for your spouse. Um, anything that's a muscle relaxer, um, and we're talking about alcohol as well, um, those will make sleep apnea worse than what it is. So, yeah, different medications uh, will affect you in that way. Right now, there's there's not really a medication that helps sleep apnea or that can help correct it. And what about lifestyle changes, Matt? When you tell your patients, you know, after they've gone through that sleep study, what you would like them to do about lifestyle changes and good sleep hygiene, do any of these things help or affect sleep apnea? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, once people get on CPAP, I mean, they're glad that they have it. They, they're feeling better, but um, it's not something that everybody wants to sign up for to wear wear at night. So uh, we encourage patients uh, that it can be a weight issue. And you're going to have a lot of energy now that you're on CPAP. You're going to feel a lot better during the day. So if you want to channel that into losing weight, <clears throat> we can probably get you off the CPAP at some point. So it's a, it's a good motivator as well. Well, thank you. So in just the last few minutes, just tell us about your team at the Sleep Disorders Center with Hendricks Regional Health and give us your best advice for people that may be suffering from sleep apnea. Yeah, um, well, we just expanded here at the Sleep Center. Uh, we used to be a four-bed lab, and now, now we do uh, six a night, which uh, uh, f- for the patient what that means is we used to have a two-month waiting list, but now we can get you in in just a few weeks. So that was a big improvement there. We have a fantastic staff, and uh, they're excellent at making you feel comfortable. shouldn't come in here with any anxiety. It's just, just going to be an easy, one, easy experience for coming and spending the night in the hospital. Now, as far as uh, getting the ball rolling, if you think you might have sleep apnea, you can go to your family doctor, certainly. Um, most family doctors uh, can can listen to your symptoms and, and decide whether sleep study is appropriate and then go ahead and order one for you. And then we'll get you in here and get it done. Um, but also we have sleep specialists. We have two here, Dr. Eric DeWeese and Dr. Jesse Lee. And uh, you can see that you can just... Uh, make an appointment with them to be seen by a sleep specialist, and uh, and they'll do the same thing and get you in here. Thank you so much for being with us today, Matt. It's great information. You're listening to Health Talks with HRH, Hendricks Regional Health. And for more information, you can go to hendricks.org. That's hendricks.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.